All right. Well, welcome back to the Leadership Cares podcast. This is uh, your host, Mike Thornton. Joining me as always is my friend, J.D. Allum. Hey there. And uh, we are recording this podcast in July of 2020. Um, the last time we recorded was March, and yeah. it was uh, right before the coronavirus pandemic, uh, COVID-19, um, started to wreak havoc across the country and shut everything down. And um, life was very different back then. Just yeah, Who knew this would be happening? <laughs> who knew? Who knew this is where we'd be just four short months later? But um, that whole situation is actually what's informing the, the topic around our podcast today. Uh, we're going to talk about today just, uh, I've seen, I feel like I've seen a lot of podcasts and uh, speakers who are speaking on leadership in crisis. And um, that's not necessarily what we're talking about today, but we're going to talk about leadership through difficult times. Yeah. Uh, the reason I make that distinction is because crises only happen every so often, right? Like you hear all of this stuff right now about how unprecedented this is and how history making this is. Um, and, and while that's all good and very important to note, I think in the life of a leader, um, the crises like this one are few and far between, but difficulty and trials and trying times are going to happen often. Yeah. And so I, I think a lot of these same uh, principles that we are applying to leading through a crisis can also just be applied to how do you lead when things are not going right and when everything's falling apart and um, nothing is going your way. And so we're going to talk a lot about that today and spend some time catching up. Um, again, this podcast, the whole point of the podcast is to uh, get a platform for, for myself and for JD to be able to uh, just add value to members of our team and anybody else who are listening to this podcast and uh, also just give some insight. We are by no means uh, experts on any of these things, but we do lead a, um, a pretty large organization. And uh, as we are thinking through how do we change our leadership and how do we uh, respond to the times, I think this is a very good uh, lesson to, to put into um, a podcast and just be able yeah, to get that message across to other people. So, but before we really jump into the meat of, you know, what we want to talk about to today, JD, I, I just want to talk through, you know, what life's been like the last four months, what we've yeah. each individually been experiencing, um, how we have met those uh, trying times that we talked about and, uh, you know, just go into what it's like to, to lead through, uh, you know, difficult times and, and through a crisis. So JD, would you give me a, uh, just some insight into what's life been like the last four months since we did this podcast. Some people might laugh. It's actually the mask. Um, I had no intention on ever wearing the masks when, when Corona first hit. Um, I was one of the people going to the stores and, you know, not wearing anything and stuff. And, um, you know, since it's been mandated, it, it's been, it's been crazy. You know, that it, it, I, I often, think about like when I was younger and I remember, I remember being, um, you know, maybe in high school, maybe junior high. I don't really exactly remember what year it was, uh, when the SARS outbreak happened and seeing pictures of, you know, um, people in China wearing the masks and being like, that's crazy. I can't believe like, you know, that something has impacted them so much that they would have to, that they would feel the need to do that. And now here we are. And, you know, something that, I feel like it kind of broke down the barrier of thinking this could never happen here, you know? 
uh, to the point where, yeah, um, I'm seeing, you know, we're seeing people wear masks wherever they go and, you know, at work we're mandated to wear them, you know, which drives me crazy, (laughs) which I, I understand, you know, I'm not saying, you know, like I don't wear the masks. I'm just saying like, I, it's definitely one of the things that have impacted my life the most, you know, I mean, silly little things like, you know, restaurants closing early, you know, like whatever you cook at home, stuff like that. But the fact that you can't leave without wearing it, uh, I, I, that's definitely one of the things that have impacted my life the most, in my opinion. Well, I think that's something that uh, Americans in general have struggled with. It's just this, yeah. A, being told what to do, you know, even though we're, we're told what to do in a lot of different ways, but just yeah. ways that we are more accustomed to, you know. Um, but then also just like having to wear something that they're not used to wearing, you know, yeah. and, and that's where you've seen a lot of the pushback and stuff. But, you know, honestly, for me, it, it's a small price to pay if we can get things back to some kind of normal and get, get, yeah, absolutely. get uh, <laughs> life back on track. But, uh, yeah, it has been a, a crazy four weeks without getting uh, or four months rather without getting political or talking about, you know, any of that stuff that, that has come along with it. It's just been, it's been a trying time. It's been scary, right? Yeah. There's been so much, uh, in the media. Um, it's like every you know day when this first started, uh, my wife and I were watching, um, the presidential briefings and, and the news was on all day. Whereas, you know, most of the times in our house that's on, you know, Disney junior or something for the kids. Yeah. Um, and instead it was, Hey, we, we got to have CNN on, we got to have Fox on, we got to see what uh, all the different pundits are saying and what the journalists are saying. Cause you know, we were scared, you know, and I, everybody was scared. And, uh, I, I liken it back to, um, nine 11. You know, I think in my lifetime, that's the yeah. only other thing I can think about that has been, that all encompassing that everybody was experiencing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, saw the towers fall and they knew what that meant. Right. Yeah. But it was, it was something that it was, it happened and it was a horrible day in our history. Right. But then immediately there was, you know, how do we move on? How do we pro- progress from this? Right. Whereas this has just lingered because of the nature of the crisis that we're in. It, it's just continued to go on and on and with really no end in sight, unfortunately, currently, yeah. Um, and we're still trying to navigate what, how do we do and how do we live life, you know, to, um, the, the fullest we can and in whatever ways we can while coping with this. Right. Yeah. And I would say even more so than nine 11, because like, I, I remember when nine 11 happened and stuff and it definitely was like super impactful, you know, like to, to everyone in this area, I think, I mean, even more so than just this area, but growing up in this area, it was definitely something, you know, that like you know, I was right there, you know, when it happened, I remember a street in my, my town was a parking lot, you know, because it goes right into the, to the GW. Mm-hmm. Um, but even nine 11 didn't impact me directly as much as this has impacted me directly, yeah. you know? And even like just trying to live life during this time, I mean, you know, with us opening the new store, you know, me and Essie, we had to move down here. We had to, you know, move just moving, you know, was a really big deal. Um, meeting our upstairs, upstairs neighbor. I remember when I first met him, like he had a mask in his hand and we were crossing him and he like just put it over his face, you know? And, and I didn't even have one on me because we were carrying big boxes and, you know, so it's, this has definitely impacted me even more so than the nine 11 has, but I, I totally see what you mean. The, the correlation between the two. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, a, a flashpoint in history that is, um, you know, will be taught 
in history books, right? And our kids are going to ask us, hey, where were you? What was it like when this happened? I mean, my kids are so young that uh, they don't know what's going on. They've lived yeah. through it, but they, they won't be able to really speak to it. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things that it will stick with you. Like, you know, for our parents, hey, where were you when JFK died? You know, yeah. things like that. Um, you know, 9-11 was one of those things. Now COVID-19 and, you know, it, it's the first pandemic in 100 years. You know, the last yeah. time this happened was 1918. So there's really nobody living today who can say, yeah, I've been through that before, you know, yeah. <laughs> unless they're in their hundreds, which I'm, there, there are some people, I'm sure. But, um, you know, it's just something that it, it without sounding too cliche, it, it is unprecedented, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but just talking through that uh, and the fear and the, the anxiety that came with it, because it's one of those things where you the the longer it has gone on the more now we understand the better able we we are to cope right but when it first happened it was really scary yeah you didn't know you know how uh how quickly it could transmute or tr- uh how, how quickly it could pass between people yeah. you didn't know you know we we originally uh, were told uh we shut down our restaurant in the mall you know before yep. we transitioned out to do uh the new restaurant at Terrell Road we were still in the mall when this started yeah and you know, one day uh, we were being told that, okay, we are, uh, we're going to change our hours, you know, because of all this. We're only going to be open 11 to 7. So it gives the mall more time to clean and disinfect and things like that. That lasted for a day. And then the next day it was, okay, now we're here and talk that, you know, we might be forced to shut down the whole mall shutting down, the whole state shutting down, the country shutting down. Yep. Uh, we have to do this, but it's only for two weeks, right? That, that was the original yeah. statement was, you know, two weeks to slow the spread and then we're back to, to everything. And obviously that's not how it played out. But I mean, that, that was hard shutting down our mall restaurant. It was Tuesday, March 17th. I know exactly when it was because I won't forget it. It was a very difficult day for me. Uh, shutting down my restaurant and telling my staff to go home without any indication of when they'll be back, if they'll be back. Well, I remember that last day literally playing it by ear, hour by hour. hour There was a new, every hour there was something new, a new piece of information, another thing that we're shutting down, another thing that we're adding to the list of things to do. But, you know, it it was, it was crazy. It it was difficult to say the least. And then to get the word that, hey, we're going to have the mall shutting down. We don't know when we're opening again. Uh, you know, again, the, the whole point of this podcast is about leadership through difficulty and leadership through difficult times. That was one of the most difficult times in my career was to say, Hey, you know, we're shutting the restaurant down. I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna have a job for you, you know, hoping that this is only gonna last two weeks. That's what they're telling us right now, but who knows? And, you know, it wound up lasting, uh, the malls just reopened, uh, last month. Yeah. So it lasted three months, you know, and, and so long that I was no longer the owner operator of that restaurant anymore when it did reopen. Yeah. And that was very difficult as well to not feel like I had any closure, not to actually get to say goodbye to our team, mm-hmm. um, not to have like a last day, a last week, whatever it might be. And, and that's the, the selfish part of it. Right. But yeah. the unselfish or, or the more like the big picture was, wow, I, I have 50 employees that I just told to go home and who knows when they're coming back. Uh, that broke my heart, you know, yeah. but it was something that was necessary. It was something that we had to do. I had to stay strong and stay confident um, and optimistic and hopeful in those moments for no other reason than if I'm breaking down and if I am uh, questioning everything and scared, then my team's going to be scared, right? Same thing for my family. You know, uh, I, I, can be the most 
real around my family and particularly my wife, but for my kids, you know, you have to put on that brave face, right? So that they won't be scared. Yeah. It's as soon as the leader shows that, okay, this is really scaring me that everybody else is like, well, you know, if dad is scared or if, you know, the boss is scared, uh, maybe I should definitely be scared, you know? And so leadership through, through difficult times, it requires a resolve. Uh, it requires you to be able to see the bigger picture and to see past the moment or the crisis or the anxiety and uh, lead, right? And, and to be firm in, in a foundation. So I uh, definitely want to talk through that today. Um, one of the other things is just also making the best decisions with the information you have, right? Yeah. We had to shut down. And, uh, you know, we had also gotten the opportunity, but about a week after shutting down, uh, Chick-fil-A called me and said, Hey, would you like to run a food truck? We know your mall is shut down. Uh, we'd be willing to send you one of only six food trucks that were available. And of course I was like, yes, please, that would be great. And at least give me the opportunity to employ some of my people and, you know, keep things running a little bit, keep us top of mind while this is all going on. And, I did all this work. I worked for like a week and a half to get, you know, the permits and, you know, get the plan and who I wanted to use to only end up pulling the plug on it days before we were going to launch it because it was at the peak of the virus outbreak. And I just could not in good conscience feel like I'm going to try and operate a restaurant or operate a food truck with uh, my team and putting them at risk. I mean, we in, you know, North New Jersey, uh, in our proximity to Manhattan, we were in the hardest hit 20 mile radius in the entire world. Yeah. And that was scary in and of itself and, and having to make those decisions to ensure safety and uh, peace of mind for my team and for myself, honestly. Yeah. You know, I, I, again, I, ha- I have a pregnant wife at home. I, I put myself you know, in that position saying like, okay, if I'm scared to go run this truck every day, worried that I could bring something home to my pregnant wife, why would I put anybody else's yeah. life at risk, you know? So now, obviously, we know so much more, but I mean, this was within the first two weeks of this happening. Yeah. yeah. Uh, since then, we have opened a new restaurant. We were able to launch Chick-fil-A Terrell Road about a month ago now, mm-hmm. in the end of June. Uh, and that in and of itself was scary. And we didn't know what to expect. You know, we didn't know if we were going to have people who wanted to work. We didn't know if guests were going to come. We had a good idea that they might because quick service industry and fast food in general has been uh, deemed essential and uh, one of the only places you can eat out currently is, is if with a restaurant with a drive-thru. Yep. So, but, you know, we, again, we, we just didn't know. And so, you know, looking into all this uncertainty and having to lead through it and still painting a vision and still saying, hey, follow me, even though I don't even know where I'm going, you know, yeah. uh, it, it has certainly grown me as a leader. I, I don't know if you feel the same way. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so it, I, I think that in times of trial and times of crisis and difficulty, uh, those are the times we grow the most, right? And, you know, we always talk about growing pains and yeah. how if you really, you want to grow as a person, not even just as a leader, just if you want to be a better person, you want to be a more complete and um, fully fledged out man or woman, you got to go through things that are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Whether you choose to or not, it's going to happen. And how you rise to that occasion and how you uh, respond when that happens is what dictates whether or not you're going to come out the other end better. You know, a lot of people, you know, there's the old saying that, well, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger. I don't think that's necessarily true. Yeah. I think, okay, most things are not going to kill you, but it can make you weaker because Mm -hmm. if you focus on the wrong things and if you focus on woe is me, why did this happen? My life is horrible. And you get so like, you know, turned into yourself, 
instead of seeing the bigger picture, you're not going to be stronger. You're going to be weaker or you're going to stay the same. Yeah. Right. So I think through this, a lot of us have found, you know, there's people who are, are thriving during this time and there's people who are not. Yeah. And, and, and that's okay. You know, it's, it's okay to not thrive. Like, I'm not saying that everybody has to come out of a worldwide crisis and pandemic being, you know, the best version of themselves. Obviously, this is very hard. There's a lot of anxiety and fear and depression and things like that that people are dealing with, both from, you know, fear of the situation at hand or they've lost their job and they can't provide. Obviously, all that is going on, too. But, you know, seeing the situation that we're in, knowing that, you know, there's nothing we can do to change it you still have to look for what do I get out of this? You know, rather than just how, why is this happening to me? We have to be able to move forward and say, how do I use this yeah. to uh, further myself and to make sure that when I, when we do come through this, we're in a better place. So uh, as I sat down and I started thinking about, you know, what, what do difficult times call for? What does leadership during difficult times call for? I came up with a four point concept that I want to talk through with you, JD, and get your feelings on it yeah. too. Um, so, you know, one of the things I've always told you guys in the restaurant is that leadership isn't needed when everything's going right. Leadership is needed when things are falling apart and people don't know what to do, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if, if everybody came in every day and did their job exactly correct and everything went off without a hitch, they don't need you to lead them, right? Yeah. But that's not reality. Even, even when there's not a global pandemic, that's not yeah. reality, right? Yeah. Um, you know, life happens, people, um, people make mistakes, things break, you know, situations mm -hmm. arise that you didn't anticipate, and that's when leadership is needed. That's when we need somebody who is capable of thinking on their feet, um, making the best and wisest decisions, and moving forward, right? And so here's the first thing that I, I came up with that leadership during difficult times uh, requires. Leadership during difficult times requires uh, courage. You need, yeah. to you need to be a courageous leader, right? I, I think it, it's one of the things I latched on to, you know, just a phrase I latched on to when the pandemic started and we were having to shut down the restaurant. You probably remember me saying this to you and to the other guys multiple times. Hey, it's time for courageous leadership. Yeah. Right. And, mm -hmm. and so like, I, what did that mean to you in that moment I, when we were having to do all that stuff and we would talk about courage in the face of all this? Uh, it meant keeping calm for my team, you know, um, I'm going to kind of bring in uh, an example from a TV show, but uh, I know that you're also a fan of How I Met Your Mother. Mm -hmm. um, there's an episode after Marshall's dad dies that uh, he talks, he's talking to Ted and he says, you know, when I was a kid, my dad would sit in the driver's seat and, you know, it would be pouring and, um, you know, or snowing or something. And he wouldn't, you know, he would never, wouldn't be able to see in front of him, you know, but my dad would be able to see it and he just kept going and I just never understood how he was able to do that. And then he talks to like the ghost, I'm, I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> ghost of his father. And, you know, he says, the trick is I, I couldn't see either, but I kept going, you know? And I think that, that was one of the, you know, that courageous leadership. That's how it manifested to me. Like, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep a level head. We're going to move forward. Like we, I don't want to say like we know what we're doing. We're going to move forward with the knowledge that we have because we do know what we're doing and we're just going to keep going. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of what it meant to me. Like, like keep the team calm, keep the team unified and continue to do our best because that's what we do. Yeah. You know, there, there's an old quote uh, and I actually tried to figure out who this was attributed to. And there's a lot of um, disparity on the internet of, of who exactly said this, but um, you know, there, there's the old adage that courage is not the absence of fear, but action in spite of fear. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, we look at 
courageous people. We look at brave people and we say, oh, they're, they're fearless, right? And that's not necessarily the case. You know, uh, w- leaders get scared just like anybody else. Yeah. Uh, it, it's that ability to move past that and act and make the decisions and, and move forward in spite of being scared. Yeah. And so that's what courageous leadership meant to me in that moment is, yeah, you know what, guys, I'm, I'm scared. I don't know what this means. You know, I've never lived through something like this. Uh, I don't know if we're going to open the business or when we're going to open the business, but I'm going to face this with, uh, you know, courage and a tenacity and, and just making sure I, I'm bringing my full self, my A game to this situation yeah. because that's what it requires. You know, that's what courageous leadership means to me is that like, I'm, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to leave anything on the table. I'm going to ensure that I'm giving my best. And what that looks different for everybody, you know, like to give your best doesn't necessarily mean, you know, the same thing, you know, I, I, I stink at sports, right? But like, yeah. I'm not, it's, I'm going to do my best and I'm certainly not going to be Michael Jordan if I'm playing mm-hmm. basketball, but yeah. you know, it's, it's still, I didn't hold back, right? Yeah. Um, that's what I tried to think through when it came to the businesses. Okay, we're going to do what needs to be done. But, you know, then I, we started the Facebook page to try and keep in touch with mm-hmm. our, our team in like a, a, a more widespread way, um, praying with team members, talking through issues with team members, texting, talk, you know, calling, whatever it took to help with the fear and the uncertainty, even though I didn't always have answers. I was still yeah. there, you know. And uh, that, that was actually something that I wanted to bring up, too. The fact that we were on our way out, like we knew that that the new store was opening. We knew for the most part, who was coming, you know, who was going to be staying at the, the, you know, premise yet we still made sure that we were there for that team. Mm-hmm. You know, we still said that they were, they were our team, even though we knew that we were leaving. And I think that that was super important. I think that's also part of the, the, you know, courage of like being able to reach out and saying like, Hey, I'm still with you. You know, like I, I haven't left. I'm yeah. not forgetting about you. Yep. You know, and, and that I think that in and of itself is comforting, right? Like, yeah. I might not have the answers, but the relationship is there. Yeah. Like, uh, there the care and the uh, you know the time and the desire to see what's best for you is still and always will be there. You know, and so whether it's a, a team, your family, uh, you know, whatever it might be, uh, part of acting with courage is not withering when you're faced with opposition, right? Yeah. It's stand, it's being, it's still being who you are. It's standing mm-hmm. true, staying true to who you are, even when things are scary. Yeah. And there's comfort and there's, there's peace in that. Right. And, um, I think part of that though, is just also not letting the emotions of the moment get to you. Right. You know, take it to a more applicable and, um, common, uh, occurrence, like in our restaurant, when, you know, if we just did not have a good shift and, you know, things were in red the whole time, you know, red, red in our industry, you know, meaning orders are past the five minutes, you know, 10 minute, 15 minute mark, whatever yeah. it might be. And it's just falling apart. Guests are angry. Team members are, um, upset. You know, it, it, this happens. It happens all the time, especially mm-hmm. right now. Cause we just opened the place and we're still working through and training people, uh, you know, not, succumbing to the emotion of the anxiety and the overwhelmed, you know, feelings when you see all that and everything's crashing, but knowing what needs to be done to fix it. Mm-hmm. No, you know, identifying, okay, where are the gaps? Who maybe needs to get relieved from their position? Who can I support better? Um, you know, can I run back to the kitchen and start helping them bag up sandwiches and just get ahead? You know, things like that. Uh, and again, that's very specific to what we do. 
but it, it comes back to, you know, having courage in the face of adversity is just not succumbing to the emotion, yeah. you know, feel the emotion, acknowledge that it's there. Hey, I know I'm scared. Hey, I know, I know I'm anxious, but pushing past it and still, you know, moving forward. Yeah. So, you know, that, that leads me to my next point, which is, um, difficult times and times of crisis, it requires rational leadership. Mm -hmm. It requires somebody who can think logically and see beyond the, you know, the hysteria, right. You can see the forest through the trees, right? You're not Mm -hmm. just staring at the one giant tree in front of you. You can see the whole forest, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, taking, I think when I think about this and think about how, how do you do this in a time of crisis, uh, you have to take time to assess the situation, right? I think, that a lot of times we get just caught up in reacting to what is happening mm-hmm. and just going from the next reaction to the next reaction. We're never proactive, which means we never get ahead of the problem. Yeah. You know, and so being able to just stop and say, hey, I'm just going to step back for a moment and assess what is going on. Fully understand the situation, fully understand what I'm dealing with. And, you know, in something like this, you know, that for us took days, weeks, months, right? In the situation I just described, where you know we're crashing at lunch, you you don't have that kind of time. You have to you have to still do that, but do it within seconds to minutes, rather yeah. than you know, hey, let me take the next hour and think through this. Well, you don't have that kind of time. You have to make split second decisions, but still taking a beat, you know, taking a breath, thinking, okay, let me step back and see where the problem is. Right, that is rational leadership. That is logical. Uh, that is not succumbing to emotions and to uh, anxiety, but actually thinking through the mm-hmm. problem, right? And so being able to create um, space for that to happen, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be able to compose yourself, right? Yeah. You know, to, to take it back to the whole COVID situation, I I hit a wall, I don't know, maybe uh, two, three weeks into the whole situation where uh, I was just telling you before that we started or right when we started, where we're watching the news every day, you're on social media, yeah. right? Just scrolling and, and like mindlessly, just like you get so, so wrapped up and so uh, just bogged down by all the information you're taking in. Mm-hmm. And it, it becomes almost like a drug where it's like, yeah. I got, I got to keep looking at what's going to happen next. Right. Mm-hmm. When you finally reach that breaking point of like, I can't do this anymore. I cannot continue to be depressed by what I see on the news or see yeah. in my feed and, and turning the TV off, putting my phone down, walking away from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, and just taking time to calm your mind, calm your soul, make sure that your mental health is, you know, taken care of, right? Like, yeah, for sure. You can't, you can't lead if you're also crumbling, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that was really important for me, like to, to, I think sometimes people don't notice that that's happening to them. I didn't notice for the first couple of weeks, because again, you're just trying to take in all the information. You're trying to comprehend what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And so you get wrapped up in all that and you don't realize what it's doing to your mental health and to your uh, spiritual life and, and, and to, you know, just you as a person, you have to be able to step away from all that so that you can fully heal, recover and assess you know, what's going on in order to move forward. Right. Mm -hmm. That's in a longer term play. And, and, you know, when it comes to the business, we do this when we set goals and we, we set vision, right. 
Uh, it's not necessarily through a time of crisis, but it's, you know, we do this at the end of every year. <clears throat> Excuse me. We do this at the end of every year where we are going to tackle the next year and we need a plan. And we take a couple days and, and um, I, I take, you know, a few days to myself to really think about what do we want to accomplish next year? What, you know, let me reflect on what we've done and think it through what we need to do in order to continue to move forward. Uh, it's the same thing even when we're going through difficulty or we're going through crisis. But it, like I said, it just might need to happen in a more uh, shortened version because, you know, typically when you're in a situation, if you're going through something difficult or if you're going through a crisis, it requires an immediate, if not very quick response, right? Yeah. So um, being able to assess, being able to rise above the, mo- the emotion of the moment, um, not reacting, but being proactive and just continuing to come back to the logical, uh, solution, not the emotional response. Right. Yeah. Um, a third thing that I felt, you know, that I've learned through this and that I'm going to take into, you know, m- my regular leadership is that, uh, difficult times requires determination. It requires mm-hmm. determined leaders. Right. Um, and what I mean by determined is that there's that resolve that we're going to beat this. Yeah. We're going to get through this and we're going to be better for it. Uh, I think there are times when, you know, it, again, in, in what we do, it, it's it's almost easier to just be like, OK, well, I'm just going to give up. You know, I'm just going to let this this shift's just going to go south and that's okay i'll just let it you know no no sense in trying to dig out now there's that temptation sometimes right yeah and so uh you know i I think about this in terms of you know are are you are you glass half full or glass half empty person you know are you going to focus on the bad of the situation or are you going to bring hope and life to that situation Mm -hmm. um i'd like to get your your feelings on that and just what you know when you're leading in the business, how does that play out for you? Yeah, no, um, that's something that you have to combat, I think, on a day-to-day basis, you know, especially when you're working in an industry that speed is so important. It's very easy to have a bad half hour, hour, where you just feel like you've lost so much momentum. It's very easy to just be like, well, there goes the night. Uh, I don't care what happens from this point on. And, uh, it requires a lot of determination to be like, no, I'm going to turn this around. I'm going to beat this. I'm going to keep gunning ahead. We're going to, you know, maybe it takes, you know, take a second to refocus, you know, and go after what we're trying to do, you know, in, in this case, putting out food as quickly as possible, you know, um, I'll be completely honest with this, you know, we came to the new store and lately it's been very easy to be like, hey, we're, we're, you know, it's taking us 15 minutes to get out food. Uh, There are guests who are really upset, you know, and just be like, I don't care anymore. Mm. And it's very easy to get lost and depressed in that, you know, Um, it, it has happened to me more than once since we've gotten here and I need to like. I, you know, we were talking about it yesterday where it's like, listen, we're a month in. These guys have been doing this for less than a month long, you know? Yes, we have experience, but they don't, you know? And, and it, it goes back to trying to run before you can even walk, you know? We need to understand where 
we need to understand what the situation that we're in, you know, and play it from there. And I think that that's where the determination kicks in the, the, this idea, like, listen, hope is not lost. We're not, it's not even a bad situation where, you know, we're going to take what we have and we're just going to continue to gun ahead. And I mean, look at, look at what happened today, you know, today and yesterday, we, we refocused, we got revitalized in just this idea of, you know, um, there was a little restructuring that we did and I think it lit a flame in a lot of the leadership in our stores, you know, like hearts and our, in our minds right now. And we're breaking new records every single day with how many, you know, again, speed is important in our industry. How many cars we're taking in an hour, Yeah. you know, it, it, it's been a month and we're almost at a hundred cars per hour, which you were just saying before that, what was it? Two, two years that you were in your Louisiana Three store? years, three years in, in my last freestander. You know, most we hit was 136. 136. Yeah. And, and we're a month in and we're almost at a hundred cars in an hour. I mean, that, that to me says so much yeah, about it. Well, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say like it, it speaks back to the the uh, last point, which was you know overcoming the emotion of man, I feel really sad or I feel really um, depressed by the situation, and seeing the logic of well, we're, we're only a month into it, you know. Yeah. Uh, actually, like when you when you get through that disheartening portion, when you really think about it and you think about like the reality, not just what you feel, but what actually is, that's when you're able to push through because you see the you know, that it's not as bad as you're feeling. Right. And I I think that goes hand in hand with this determination piece. Like if you're going to be an optimist and you're going to be that person who sets that tone of hope and, and moving forward, you have to be able to do the the thing that came before this, which is like actually see it for what it is, not just how it feels, but see it for what it is. Mm -hmm. And we tend to get, um, you know, I, I feel like it's not, it's not just any one person. I feel like it's just part of the human nature that we focus so much on what bad is happening yeah. instead of what all the good things that have happened. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. like we talk about an orientation, you know, you can turn a thousand different guests in a day and they all had a great experience, but that one person that had a terrible experience and reamed you out for it, that's the one you focus on yeah. for the rest of your night. Right. And it's so sad, but that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Instead of thinking about all those people that you gave that great experience to, you get stuck on the one person that you didn't. Yeah. And so I, I think that you have to recognize that for what it is, which is just it's it's you know it's uh, the nature of human um, just who we are is that we focus on the bad, unfortunately, and you have to really fight that mindset to mm-hmm. bring it back and, and you know focus on the better things, focus on the good. Yeah, the, um, without naming names, uh, there w- there's a leader in our store who um, he was talking to me today, and he was just like, "Man, I just need good news." He's like, "I feel so disheartened. I feel so beaten. I feel so tired of hearing like all this bad news." And and I kind of like thought to myself, like, "Wow, like I failed you as a leader. You know, if if that's." If all you're hearing from me is bad news, then I failed. Like that's, I'm taking that personally, mm-hmm. you know? And I felt like it, it made me like reevaluate and, it, you know, going back to this, the determination thing and the emotional thing, I, I feel, I felt like I need to be building you up more than I am, you mm-hmm. know? And I need to be able to 
be sharing in the small. And I said this to him, like, I want to share those small wins with you, Mm. you know, rather than focusing on what we're doing wrong. Like, like don't ignore the things that we're doing wrong. Like, let's still work on those, but we need to be celebrating those small wins. And, and I kind of, I I took that personally, you know, where I was like, I, I need to be better for you. As do I, because uh, I again, it starts with me. So you know, that's kind of my, my next point too. Is like the people who follow you are going to feed off what you put out. Yeah. You know, if all you're putting out is negativity and you're a Debbie Downer and you're just like, hey, here's all the ways that this situation stinks, or here's all the things we're doing wrong, like you just said. You know, people will focus on what you focus on. Yeah. And you know, I, I think at least for me, you know, I'm so driven to uh, be the best we can be. Again, never to like compete against somebody else. That's not how I'm, I'm wired. It's not like, oh, I want to be better than so-and-so. I just want to live up to the potential I know that we have. Yeah. You know, and again, trying to run before you walk, yeah. uh, you know, only a month in. If I'm too focused on, man, you know, here's all the things that are going wrong instead of, man, look at all the progress we've made in just four short weeks. Mm-hmm. Look at all the great people we have. Look at look at all the, the strides we have made in uh, guest experience and speed of service and all the, the metrics that we measure our success by. Um, those are the things that I want to, I should be focusing on. Yeah. Um, and as you said, you, you don't sweep under the rug the things that aren't going well. You still you still face those. You, you face the reality of what it is and you tackle them because that is how you get better. Mm-hmm. But it has to be coupled with celebrating those wins, right? And the yeah. small wins, the big wins, whatever it is, progress is progress. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Like for that leader who was disheartened, uh, it, you know, it, it's, it's our responsibility to be like, Hey, you know what? You shouldn't be feeling that way because if that's how you're feeling, then, you know, I haven't given you the, all, the full picture because yeah. we are really doing really well. Right. I mean, that's our current situation. I'm sure there's a ton of companies and organizations out there that they paint, uh, you know, they have the rose colored glasses on. They're like, things are great when they're really yeah, not. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's important too, is to also notice is like, how do I fix this? You know, instead of just sweeping it under the rug and pretending that the problem doesn't exist, how do I face it? You know? Yeah. Uh, and, and sometimes that is going to be depressing and it is going to be something that's like, okay, yeah, I, I'm, I am feeling like I'm losing every day because maybe you are, but acknowledging the problem and acknowledging that it's there is the first step to fixing it. You know, if you just pretend it's not there, then you're going to, it's just going to continue the way it is. Right. So for us, you know, we, we do have a lot going for us, you know, for our organization, again, month in, uh, lots of progress made in just a few short weeks and, um, we're getting better at each and every day. And Mm -hmm. I know just from experience at this point that six months down the road, we're going to be laughing at the things that we consider to be problems right yeah. now. Right. Cause it's just going to be second nature that we were doing all these things so well. Uh, and that's where vision comes in and just needing to keep the vision and, and understanding, uh, what it takes to get there. You know, uh, again, Rome wasn't built in the day Yeah, and y- it takes time and it takes effort and you can't rush experience, you know, mm. and that's where we're at currently with our team. Uh, and I'm, you know, even taking it out of our industry, you know, you, you can't expect somebody to become proficient at something overnight. And so, you, you know, you have to, yeah, you have to make that investment and it's not an investment always of money, even though there is money involved, it's of time, Yeah, you know, and, and you have to be willing to give that, but that takes determination that takes seeing the bigger picture and having the, um, resolve to face it and be like, okay, yeah, I'm willing to make that investment. I'm willing to spend that money, that time, that effort to accomplish the goal. Right. Yeah. So, um, 
that brings us back to our third point. The fourth and last point I wanted to talk about when it comes to uh, leadership through difficulty is that it requires dedication. It requires dedicated leadership who is not going to go running because things got hard, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we don't quit, yeah. you know, and uh, yeah, you might quit a job if that's what's best for you. <laughs> but when you're dedicated to a cause, you know, whether it be in a business, in a church, in a nonprofit, whatever it might be, there's going to be difficulties. And if you go running every time it gets hard, you'll never accomplish anything in your life. Mm-hmm. You'll never, you'll never be who you want to be. You'll never do anything you want to do because anything that's worth having takes work. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, if we only f- wanted to be leaders when things were going well, then we're really useless and not necessary. Yeah. You know, we are needed for times such as these. The, the leader is created for times just like these. And so being loyal to the organization, being loyal to the team, but most of all, being loyal to the vision. Like yeah. if this is who we say we want to be and this is what we said we want to accomplish, pandemic or no, we're still going to accomplish it. And it just, you know, the pandemic or whatever might be the financial crisis, the war, whatever might come to light, whatever has happened in the past or is happening now, whatever it might be, it's not going to deter you from accomplishing the goal, right? So no matter how difficult things get, we don't quit, we push forward and we're going to achieve um, no matter what the circumstances are. So those are the four things that I wanted to impart, uh, whether you're a part of my team or if you're listening to this from uh, outside of our organization, I, I hope that was helpful. I hope that it gives you hope. And, and um, I hope that when you think about when, when you're in those moments, right, when you're in those times where things are falling apart around you, that one or two of these things come to mind on how you can respond. Um, I know for me, you know, it, it's hard. It's hard to push out the noise of everything that's going on around you to actually have that, what we talked about, um, rationale, the, that moment, that beat to think about what needs to happen next, but also providing resources, things to draw on. You know, I, there's oftentimes that, you know, in those moments, that's when I go to, you know, something pops in my head from a book I read or a conversation I had with uh, a friend or a leader, um, somebody who really gave something to me that I can use. Those things spring to mind when they're needed most. Yeah. So hoping that this podcast does that for all of you guys. So that wraps us up for this podcast, Leadership Through Difficult Times. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And as always, for Leadership Cares, I'm your host, Mike Thornton. And I'm JD. And uh, thanks for joining us on Leadership Cares. The Leadership Cares podcast is produced by Revived Entertainment Company.